Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum. I'm your host, Cody Wagner. No duh, right? Here we discuss everything from car news, culture, movies, stories, games, interviews, events, and so much more. Without further delay, on with the show. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to this week's Sunday special. Today, we are reading another article, a Road and Track exclusive, actually. You only get three free articles a month. So, uh, yeah, you got to be really choosy with it, with which articles you want to read. And I was today, and I kind of want to see this as well as someone who was briefly interested in becoming a, well, yeah, briefly interested in becoming a designer and wanted to learn how to, how to design cars and then realized couldn't draw to save his life. I've always been interested in how designers used clay to design cars and how they get a basic square block to look like I mean, outside of, you know, color and some details to look like a real car. And this Road and Track article, this exclusive Road and Track article, dives into that. In fact, the title says, How Automakers Use Clay to Create Beautiful Sheet Metal. So let's get into it. A trip inside Genesis Top Secret Design Studio, where old-school clay model builders and new-school digital wizards combine to create cars of the future. As pajama-bottom prisoners of Zoom will attest, the digital takeover of the physical world feels nearly complete. From CGI marvels and NFT artists to automated gearboxes and autonomous cars, the old hands-on ways and the old hands who swear by them are getting slaughtered out there, often to a chorus of, okay, boomer. <laughs> it's the same in car making as any automaker, no, as any auto worker made redundant by robots would attest. At Genesis Design North America, Road and Track is the first publication allowed into this inner sanctum in Irvine, California. This center's managing director, Hans Lapine, hopefully I got that right, says one media member got as far as the studio's open-air courtyard before being intercepted. Lapine is a Detroit native, a former Porsche prototype builder, actually. His babies include the 956 and the 959, and lead, mod and, uh, lead modeler for two decades for Audi and Volkswagen in America. He's as hands-on as it gets in 2021, and that's why we're here, to see full-size clay modeling performed by its specialized practitioners. It's an art that helped birth cars as we know them. Through GM's visionary art, artist engineer Harley J. Earl, he of the concept car, he of the concept car, okay, he of the concept car, annual changes, tail fins, the Corvette, and the very profession of car design. Clay models have been the basis for the vast majority of the world's automobiles. As with so many industrial wonders, this century-old practice is threatened by the rise of digital tools, software, and supersized displays, computerized milling, and 3D printing. Yet clay, model, clay modeling survives. We enter a series of soaring, white-walled, light-flooded studios and workrooms. It's the wellspring for a rare winning streak of designs, including the Genesis G70 and G80 sedans, and the GV70 and the GV80 SUVs. Their award-hogging critical reception recalls Audi's own underdog days, when that German brand harnessed a similar formula, contemporary, design-driven, overachieving luxury to nearly triple U.S. sales and recast itself as a genuine rival to Mercedes-Benz and BMW. Genesis designers at work include Tony Chen and Chris Ha, whose combined CVs include stints at Audi, Volkswagen, and Lucid. So basically, VAG and then an outside company. They're the respective creative man uh, managers for the GV80's knockout exterior and interior under the global auspices of Sangyong Sang Yup Lee. Sang Yup Lee? Okay. The former Bentley designer. 
these Art Center College alums affirm that freehand sketches still fill every designer's desk and water basket, a starting point for every aha moment. But between paper and full-scale clay, these creatives now evolve those forms almost entirely in the digital realm. Chen and Ha fire up their Autodesk software. A full-size GB80 shimmers from a wall display fit for a supervillain's lair at 24 feet long and 7 feet tall. The rendering would satisfy any magazine or TV ad. With a few sweeps of a mouse, Chen adjusts background light and paint and tweaks the signature parabolic character line, moves that might take months in physical form. In the old days, Lapine says, designers rendered every millimeter of evolution in clay. A full-size model might cost $20,000 in material, which doesn't sound like much until there are 20 competing proposals for a future car. Digital allows designers to collaborate and compete worldwide without having to ship massive clays around the world or fly executives and designers to eyeball them. We can literally teleport this to Korea, Chen says of these Autodesk creations. Screen-based tools were a godsend during COVID. Genesis's lean, lean lead, I imagine, design team no longer even screws around with scale, with scale models. Lapine says they're a waste of time and resources. You blow them up and the proportions are all wrong. Next, Justin Horton, Genesis's visual, visualization lead, straps a virtual reality headset over my noggin. Another animated GV80 fills my view, now with a moody sky and watery backdrop. This ain't no Xbox. The Genesis, the Genesis looks real enough to touch, something engineers are already working on, via finger, fingertip sensors for tactile response. Soon, perhaps, we'll be stroking and sniffing quote-unquote genuine leather while shopping in the virtual world. This stuff didn't even exist four years ago, Lapine whispers, leaning in. Now that we've seen the Goliath that Analog is up against, it's time to meet a few Davids. Mike Farnham, Genesis's chief modeler, and Preston Moore, a senior modeler and Art Center College instructor. Before us is a split model of the GB80, one half assuming dramatic form against a rough backdrop. On the unfinished portion, the Otra? Okay, Otra colored because I don't know how to pronounce that. Colored clay resembles buttercream frosting going hard, furrowed by human hands and the odd fingerprint. In person, the real, unreal aspect is striking, as close as a car can get to the elemental beauty of a something sculpture. I don't even know. My hands are drawn to the clay. It's subtly dusty curves, endlessly touchable, like furniture in a master's shop. Genesis master modeler Mike, Fern Mike Farnham, sorry at work on the grill of a clay GB80 with an actual steak knife. The tools become an extension of yourself, he says. Floor plates support a styling buck. A steel and wood frame beneath styrofoam forms that are milled into workable shape and slathered with clay. There's no sense in carving models entirely from clay, not least because they would weigh several tons. The basic idea hasn't changed much since 1909, when a 16-year-old Harley Earl son of a coach builder, began constructing futuristic car models over wooden sawhorses, using clay from a, from a stream bed in the mountains north of Los Angeles. Modeling tools, often self-made and deeply personal, Lapine is passing his set to his sons, rest on a rolling toolbox nearby, looking like medieval surgical instruments, rakes, wire tools, gouging hoggers, and rectangular spleens. The tools, be the tools become an extension of yourself, Farnham says, 
he selects a carbon fiber spleen, bending the fiber strip to steel the GV80's hood, brushing with a two-handed virtuoso stroke that recalls his years of shaping surfboards. Your hands are actually creating the shape you're trying to protect in three dimensions, he says, expertly refining the surface. You don't get to do that in VR. Sometimes you can't capture the love digitally. Carbon fiber, he says, makes an awesome modeling tool. It's light, stiff, holds a curve, and leaves a subtle ripple texture that, design, that designers favor. Clay is endlessly malleable, correctable by adding a subtracting material, a mountain of pallets holds, holds boxes of it, packaged in cylinders the size of tennis ball cans. Genesis favors Mars Clay Medium from German brand Stadler, Stadler probably, which supplies a who's who of automakers and now electric startups. One model takes about four pallets worth. Ford uses 200,000 pounds of the stuff a year. An oven designed for hatching chicks now helps hatch cars heating clay to 140 degrees to soften it. No one seems to know exactly what's in this stuff. Farnham once tried to make his own, once tried to make his own to unlock its secrets. Clay companies jealously guard, jealously guard propi proprietary formulas. It's an industrial version of plasticine. Hopefully I got that right. Modeling clay, yet there's actually no mineral clay in it. England's William Harbutt, head of the Bath School of Art, invented plasticine in 1897. God, that's a long time ago. Seeking a pliable medium for students that wouldn't dry out in air. A Stiedler representative says it's made mainly from petroleum-based wax, pigments, and fillers. Sulfur lends the clay its unique modeling properties, including edge stability and layer adhesion, along with its distinctive color. Stadler continues to tinker with a Mars clay light with hollow glass micro microspheres to replace sulfur but acknowledges it can't yet match the performance of its industry standard formulation. There's something else you can't do in VR either, perfectly mimic that California sun. Every automaker scrutinizes models outdoors in the unforgiving light of day. Light is our tattletale, Lapine says. With the GV80 rolled into Genesis's ivy-walled courtyard, Farnham, yeah, Farnham pulls out another specialized implement, a cheap wood-handled steak knife. In farmhand's steady hand, it becomes the perfect tool to score a cut line in the Genesis's fascia. Genesis's clays are now used strictly to validate digital data. The orgies of all nighters to integrate rolling design changes are over, Lapine says. Meet the new night shift, a five-axis CNC machine called Poseidon, informed by the aerospace and marine sectors and larger than many Manhattan apartments inside the glass booth Two spindle tools work stoically, guided by an overhead gantry spattering confetti ribbons of clay-like robotic rodents. We watch the hypnotic display as a two-box SUV emerges from the form. Like a late-model Terminator, Poseidon replaced a more primitive machine. The new one can mill a model in about 80 hours, running while workers sleep. Human modelers are free to concentrate on surfaces and details, from the subtle sweep of a fender to the lip of a hood. Modeling a GV80's complex grill from scratch would take forever, Farnham says, scraping a few remaining cuffs from one cross-hatched opening. 3D printers spit out steering wheels, shifters, mirrors, and other components for fast visualization. This Poseidon CNC machine, made by CMS North America, can mill model cars while employees sleep, but old-school clay modelers provide the final touches. 
Fogheim acknowledges the awesome power of these programmable tools, but some things have been lost, he says. He misses closer collaboration between designers and modelers, that traditional romantic view of automotive artists tweaking a belt line here, a tumble home there. You were trying to interpret their two-dimensional idea in 3D, and that's where the trust and rapport really came in, Farnham says. That includes modelers expressing well-honed opinions about what works. Does Farnham have a feel for a potential smash hit? Definitely. I worked on the GV80 super early on, when two sides of designers were battling it out and was thinking, this, this one's looking pretty hot, I'll put my money on this design. Lapine, after decades as a modeler, now oversees the big picture and has a clear-eyed view of modeling's subsidiary role. Clay was once a religion, he says dryly. Not anymore, but its role is still exciting and vital. To this day, it's the very last step in the design process where you evaluate and get the approval. This puppy is going into production. Everybody agrees, he says. Lapine himself is a third-generation designer. His mother, Janet Lapine was one of Earl's damsels of design, a patronizing name that, that rankled female designers even then. Aficionados will recall Lapine's father, Anatole Tony Lapine, who designed the Porsche 924 and, hey, get this, the 928, and collaborated with Larry Shinoda under Bill Mitchell, Earl's mentee and successor, to create the 1963 Corvette Stingray. Where Earl had his newfangled art and color section, Farmham has been tasked with creating a hybrid design team that, mo that moves fluently between digital and analog realms. It's a sign that Genesis still sees value in this grown-up Play-Doh, that it's anything but a game. It's cool for me to see younger guys appreciate this, Farmham says. They don't want to sit in front of a computer all the time. They want to work with their hands. My vision is to recruit a team that can do it all. Sculpt, model digitally, scan, program milling machines, so they've got all the tools in their kit. Still, there's no avoiding the question. Will digital tools get so good that they supplement, sorry, that they supplant clay entirely? It could happen, Lapine says. Nobody knows where this journey is going, but I think we're lucky to have been educated in the, anal in the analog world and that we appreciate digital because of that. As a leader of Team Clay, Farnham offers a passionate defense. At the end of the day, we're not designing cars for the virtual world. We're designing real cars, three-dimensional objects that people still touch, drive, and sit in. It's a wholly physical world that's not going away. What an article. I really didn't, I didn't know there was so much depth to the, to clay modeling as it pertains right now, because I don't know, have you guys watched uh, Art of Design? What was it, the Netflix series? I think it was. Art, Art, crap, I don't remember what the, net, what the name of it, it was Art something. But that episode Ralph Jill starred in, in that Netflix series, and they were talking about, I think they briefly talked about clay and how it's kind of a struggle to find clay models because it's a decreasing industry. And so I haven't heard much since watching that Netflix special. What was it? Was it Art of Design? Or Abstract Art of Design. That's the one with, with Ralph Jill's. That episode, he had talked about clay, clay models and how that's a decreasing industry. It's harder to find clay models because it's just not as, it's not as prevalent as it once was. And so again... I didn't know how that industry had been since watching that episode, but this just proves that it is still somewhat niche. But I really do agree with them that you need to see the car physically. Even if they get like the rough outline of the car done with CNC machines, like if they even if they do that with machines, you have to take it outside, you have to see the natural light, I in, in the real world, because 
you know, I've been thinking about this more and more lately, how it seems to me like Gen Z, I've kind of forgotten the virtues of going outside. And perhaps, yeah, I think some of that's due to the, you know, to the meme introvert culture that Gen Z is, has cultivated where it's like, oh, I'm an introvert. So <laughs> people, I don't want to go outside. You know, going outside means I have to see people. I have to meet people. I have to talk to people. Yeah. But as, as someone who was kind of, who was kind of introverted like that, not as, not as meme but just, I only want to go outside occasionally, you know, fine, but I kind of rather be inside. Um, and who was more than content, well, I say more than content, who, you know, enjoys car video games like Forza. I haven't played Gran Turismo, but I'd probably enjoy Gran Turismo, Assetto Corsa, and the like. Going to high planes, going to a real racetrack, and then having continually done that since 2018, it made me, real, it made me realize something. I had an epiphany. There's no substitute for going outside. There's no substitute for physically being in a space. I mean, partially because there really, as far as I know, there really isn't a video game that has all the parts you can get in the real world, that has all the upgrades you can have, or has all the customization that you'd want, because there is no video game that can that at the moment really mimics the real world properly. There is there is a an aspect that you're missing on that front, but video games can't. I don't think can completely capture the atmosphere, not properly of going to an actual event. Like when I went to Mo, to the Mopar Big Block Party in 2019, just before I went to Bandemir, the atmosphere, the Mopars, the cars, the music, I had so much fun. There was a lot of people. And so obviously I was, I was a little uncomfortable at that time. It's like, this is, this is a lot of people. I'd prefer somewhat, a slightly fewer people, a little bit more space out so I could just kind of relax and not have to worry about some stuff. But I also loved how busy it was, how many people, how many people were in that one space because that, that many people adds to an atmosphere that creates an energy in an area, in those few blocks that I, that video games haven't replicated. Maybe they will eventually, but they haven't done so. And I think there's a few that have gotten close, like the original Forza Horizon. Now that might be rose tinted glasses, glasses, making that a little bit better than it actually was. But even, even when I go to high planes, especially big high planes events like RMVR, NASA, etc. I'm always just so happy to be there just to see the cars, walk around, see the machinery, and then watch them go out on the racetrack and then hear them with my own ears, even though some are painfully loud. That's always so enjoyable. I always have so, so much fun being in that space with my own two feet, with my own being, actually existing there in that space. And I feel like that's something Gen Z really especially the introverted types, I say, and I say the introverted types, but the people that I think overdo their social isolation, they really forget. It's just not the same. Now, look, being doing things virtually is better for some people. Don't get me wrong. Not going to a place with huge atmosphere is better for some people. Don't get me wrong. Of course, there are those people out there. You, you can, both, of, both of these things can be true at the same time. And Gen Z has forgotten the virtues of actually going to a place of experiencing something in the real world for yourself. And that's not going to be the best thing for everyone. And for some people, doing things virtually is better for them. They'll, they'll prefer it. Those two things are, are totally true at the same time because that's the nature of the human condition. We're not all the same. We're not all as unique as some of us would, would like to believe. And I'm sorry, that's a harsh truth. But we're not all, we're not all exactly the same. As, as evidenced by our preferences and what we eat for breakfast, our favorite color, how we like our eggs, how we like our, how we like our beef, and that sort of thing. Hell, how we like our cars to drive, the cars that we like. 
That's just the nature of the human condition. But I think for Gen Z, it might be going too far the other way where they're, they're, their lives are too ingrained in the virtual world. They need to experience the outdoors. And I don't mean like Boy Scout, Girl Scout, that sort of thing. I mean, go to a place, maybe a concert, a racetrack, uh, a ranch, maybe a tourist place, something. Okay, something that pertains to your interest, but in the real world. And it is a little hard to explain, but there's, again, there's an energy, there's a presence. I think there's a joy that, is, that isn't there in the virtual world yet. Now there's, at least for the things it's trying to replicate, for things that are exclusive to the virtual world, like that can only exist, oh, totally, because it's its, it's, its own space, it's its own existence, it's a a place completely unto itself. It's not trying to be... Like, you go to Forza Horizon 1, Forza Horizon 2, Forza Horizon 3, Forza Horizon 4, they're all trying to replicate... Uh, oh, what's the what's the Coachella but for cars? I forgot, I've forgotten the name of it again. Grid Life, okay? They're all trying to replicate Grid Life, effectively, but with more other racing, not just drifting. That's what they're trying to do. And so when they fall short of the mark, you notice. It's obvious. Now, to be fair, not all grid lives are going to be the same. Sometimes one grid life event at a certain place is going to fall short of a grid life somewhere else. That's, that's of course, going to be the case. But I, but what I'm saying is, in the best case scenario, with the best grid life, it's not the same as the best example of, like, Forza Horizon 2. Forza Horizon, even the first one. And I think it's just due to the limitation of video games or development schedules or whatever, they haven't got it all there. There's not enough people, not enough cars, not enough upgrades, not enough diversity of upgrades, not enough potential, not enough ability to customize, to really make your car run. And I think that's why Need for Speed, especially early on, really, it really, a lot of people gravitated towards it. They they gravitated towards Underground and Underground 2 in droves because at that time, it that was the game that got the closest to the real tuner culture that the U.S. experienced at the time after Fast and Furious, or maybe even slightly before. That's why Underground 2 was so popular. I think that's why Forza Horizon 1 was so, so popular, outside of people letting their nostalgia get in the way a little bit. I mean, let me put it to you this way. If you see the Grand Canyon, and you look at it with your own two eyes, wow, this is amazing. Look at how deep that is. The rocks are so red. The atmosphere, the heat, the air coming off the canyons. This is an experience. And then imagine spending more of your time when you're at the Grand Canyon looking at it through a camera, whether it be a phone or a DSLR, right? You're looking at it through a filter. You're looking at a sort of reproduction. And it's not bad. That's fine. But there's, it's so hard to explain, but it's like you're missing out if you don't take that moment for yourself to appreciate what you're seeing with your own two eyes, what you're seeing with your own optical sensors, right? Looking at it through a camera, like having the memory of seeing something cool through a camera is not the same thing as having the memory of actually looking at it, actually having your brain take in that information unimpeded. It's not the same. And again, that's where I think Gen Z has gone a little bit too far with its love with the virtual world. And look, I'm a Gen Z kid myself. I love the virtual world. I love Assetto Corsa. I love Forza. But you know what I love more than all of that? And hey, maybe maybe I just prefer being outside a little bit more. You know, on, on my own volition. Maybe that's just me. But what I love more than Assetto, what I love more than Forza Horizon 4 or watching car meets on video, 
is going to them, is being there, is go-karting in the real world. I like that tactile feel. I like that sensation of actually being there, of being in the atmosphere, of being in the presence of others who share, of being in the actual presence of others who share my passion, who share my love. And you can get very, very close to that with like Discord groups and Forza Horizon 4. Like you can't tell me some of y'all, especially people my age, like 19 and younger, or even, you know, 21 and younger, you can't tell you can't tell me some of y'all who didn't have a lot of friends who got Forza Horizon 4 for the first time or Horizon 3 or Horizon 1 didn't have a crap ton of fun getting a lobby together and then just doing a car meet, a virtual car meet, doing highway pulls, doing your playground games or whatever. Because that atmosphere is still there because you're with friends. It's just that it's not the difference is that that you're I think the feeling of that is a sense of it's a sense of camaraderie. Like you're with, you're with your, as the British would say, you're with your mates. You're just having a, a grand old time. And that's great. But it's, like, it's not even the same as having a bunch of friends over, getting a game on split screen, like Mario Kart, whatever, or Super Smash Brothers, and then gaming with them while they're right next to you. Like, that's just not the same. Like, how fun is it? I mean, I, I mean, I experienced this with my sister and I can't tell you, that was so much fun. With her being right next to me. And I still have a lot of fun with her. When we play like Risk of Rain 2. Or Rocket League occasionally. Or Minecraft. Even though she's in the other room. I mean we, we still live in the same house. But still. But I think having that human presence next to you. Having that energy. Genuinely. In your, in your bubble I guess. Can't be replicated. That can't be. I mean. And, and I know there's going to be people who don't believe in that sort of thing. Who don't believe in that in that spirit, you know, we'll say spiritual, beyond the physical plane mode of thinking. But love is a lot like that, right? Like real love is a lot like that. It's, it's complicated. It's, you can't really put your finger on. I mean, many people, I mean, some people have done way better than others really trying to boil it down, but it's like, it's only something you really know when you feel it because it's such, it's such a special feeling. And to me, it's like that actually going to a car meet. It's like that actually being there it's 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 like soul food right it's food for the soul it's food for the spirit and when it's virtual you don't have a virtual so it's not like sort of online where you fall asleep with this helmet on and then you, you do a deep dive or what are they uh a full dive where you're asleep it's not like that okay you're just seeing something right you're just seeing something through a screen it's not like having your being your soul your spirit in that environment it's not the same i'm not saying it's bad it's different but for me i want to be there i want to experience it like i want to experience grid life i want to be there as much as force horizon one gets very close and i enjoy it immensely because of it i want to be at grid life i want to experience that energy i want to hear the music even though i don't want my eardrums destroyed it's not the same. And so that, to really bring this all the way back, I think Farmhand is, or Farnham, sorry. I think he's exactly right when he says that, in, in essence, that there's really no replacement for seeing something in the real world, especially when it's a car, because that's a physical object. And some things virtually don't translate well into the real world, and you won't know that until you see it. So even if clay modeling is a or has shrunk in terms of its size from becoming a religion to only a vital part, only a vital step of the design process rather than being the design process. 
I think it can't be forgotten. It can't be replaced because you have to feel so like what does Trollson mark? I think he was the head designer of SRT for a while, if I remember correctly. Or, no, Dodge. Head designer of Dodge. I think he still is. What does he say? What does he like to do when he has one of his cars out? He washes it. And you know what he does? He feels every every curve, every crease, every character line. He, I think he calls it, it was either him or Ralph, he called it a labor of love. And feeling all those, all those little design elements, you can't replicate that in a video game. Unless, again, unless VR has massive advancements, which it probably will, but that's that's not something that can be replaced by the virtual world. Is feeling that car as you're washing it, all the creases, that love, that care, that dimension, that sensation of how these creases, how the body work, how the paint, how that character line feels against your hand, feels against your fingers. I mean, look at it like this. I have far too many. I have more than 40 Vipers in Horizon 4. 40 of them. I have 40, and, they, and they, some of them have, they're built differently, they have different paint jobs, whatever. But you know what I still have? Despite having 40 Vipers in Horizon 4, at least 12 or more in Horizon 3, I've had multiple Vipers across multiple Forza games, across multiple games. When I boot up a Seto Corsa, the first car, more often than not, the first car I drive, Gen 5 Viper mod I downloaded. Okay, but you know what I still have? I still have die-cast vipers. I have one sitting below my monitor as I speak right now. It is the 124th scale uh, dark red, like the Striker Red Gen 5. 124th scale Mesa model. Sitting below my monitor right next to me. And you want to know why? You want to know why I have it right next to me? Because I love seeing it. I love seeing it right next to me. And you'd think I would need it because I have a Gen 5 viper. As my as my desktop wallpaper, and it's my auto art, my one eighteenth scale blue auto art Dodge Viper ACR Extreme, the Gen Five. I have that as my desktop wallpaper. Yet I still have the Gen Five Mesto one twenty four scale model just below my monitor. You'd think I'd be able to have enough of a Viper after having having it everywhere digitally, even visually with photos, but I don't. I want to see that thing. I want to feel the hood because the fact of the matter is, even if Maestro didn't get the headlights right, they did get the hood right. They did get the gill right. They did get the door right. They got the proportions right. And I still want to feel it. It's a bit dusty right now, so I'm having to wipe my hand. But I still want to feel it. I still want to see that three-dimensional model in front of me. And so when Farmhands, Farmham sorry, says, I don't think, in essence, to paraphrase, that the, digi the digital world will replace clay, clay models, I think he's a thousand percent right because seeing those cars, seeing that full size or three, four, th uh, three quarter size scale model with your own optical receptors, with your own optical sensors, and it being interpreted by your brain, you being able to see and comprehend that dimension in the real world, in the real 3D plane, can't be replaced. That can't be changed. That can't be supplemented. Not truly, at the very least. You can get close, you can aid it. You can aid that process, but you can't completely replace it. And that's what I'm getting at. And so, and so I think he's, again, he's 100%, he's on the money. I don't think it'll ever replace it because there's nothing like seeing a clay model or a real car out in the proper sunlight and seeing how the light hits certain surfaces, hits certain creases, reflects off certain character lines. There's, there's nothing that can replace that.
seeing things in the real world is such it's it is a gift being able to touch the body panels is such a gift and unless unless technology can make gloves instead of like handles like on the oculus rift like gloves where it can replicate the sensory input that we feel as humans in the virtual world and accurately like 99% unless it can do that i don't think clay modeling is going to go because having that that real three dimensional perception is so so important to the design of an automobile but i've i've ranted for long enough how do you guys feel what do you think do you do you think that digital modeling 3d modeling and the c i say the cnc machines but do you think the digital space will completely will make clay modeling obsolete because we won't need it or do you think there will always be a place there will always be a space for clay modeling even if it shrinks over time let me know in the comments below but in any in any case i hope you all enjoyed this sunday special if you did please make sure to like comment like the episode, share the episode, and follow the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, please like, comment, share, and consider subscribing. And if you do subscribe, hit the little notification bell and all notifications. That way you are notified every time I upload. If you want to listen to this podcast on the road, but you don't have or want the Podbean mobile app, then please boot up wherever you get your podcast. Type in Cody's Car Conosman, and then choose the episode you want to listen to. I will see you all next time. I hope you enjoyed. Before we end, I want to inform you all that you can now monetarily support this podcast and indeed the entirety of Cody's Car Conundrum with Kofi. Uh, well, it might be coffee, but it's spelled K-O-F-I, and that's weird, so I say it Kofi. In any case, Kofi is an alternative to Patreon where, beautifully and as God intended, you, the supporters, don't have to pay a fee, like on Patreon, to support my work. So if you like what I do and want to see me cover slash talk about slash make a video regarding something specific or want me to branch out into other areas of car culture, then head on over to ko-fi.com forward slash Cody's Car Conundrum where you can make a minimum donation of $5 towards me and the brand. In return, you'll be helping me afford new equipment, afford upgrades to my existing tools, You'll receive polls asking what topic you want me to dive into next. You'll get to see voted and non-voted content before public release, various forms of recognition for your support, and the ability to vote on merch designs you'd like to see on the Teespring store. And now it's time to close. You've just listened to me probably ramble about some cars if I'm being honest. If you've enjoyed me passionately talking about lumps of metal on wheels, then why don't you follow me on Twitter at Cody Carr, C-O-N-U-N-D-R-M, or check out my website, www.codyscarconundrum.com, for articles and other car-related content. If you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Make sure to follow me here or any other platform so you don't miss out on more full-throttle content. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all in the next episode.